0: Father, I I, uh, I love you, and uh, we love you, and, and I, I just love being able to come into uh, your house and, and just have all these people gather, uh, not as individuals, but as your family. Um, God, as we come together and we do share some laughs, um, and uh, this whole morning, it, from the time in which uh, we started with uh, our elders uh, gathering till t- right now, it just... Uh, joy has been filling us and just overflowing. And, and God, we, we want to take serious what you, you've given us and what our, our task at hand, but we know that you have told us and you have commanded us to enjoy that which you've given us. So God, as we do talk about some, um, some really meaty things today and as we finish up our, our series, God, I, I, I pray that not only can we hear the, 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 the heaviness of what it is that we're here to do, but we can see the joy in that. Uh, so God, I, I just, uh, I can't say it enough, I, I thank you, and uh, I ask that we can just have open hearts to hear what you have to say today, and we pray this in your name, Jesus, amen. All right, <clears throat> if you have a Bible, you can open to um, 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, we're, we've got a lot to, to cover, um, so don't, uh, don't, don't freak out. Oh, you can't freak out. Maybe it'll help you. Whatever. Some of you need to freak out so you get that worry monster, so it makes you get you into to, to action. Whatever. <clears throat> Jake knew, knows what I'm talking about. like, is like, uh-huh. so. Anywho, First um, Peter chapter one. Now, over the past few weeks, we've discussed, and, and today is the the, the last uh, the last week, the last day in this series uh, by design. <laughs> Uh, We've been talking about things um, that uh, and how God has designed things. We talked about love. We talked about uh, marriage. We talked about money. We talked about parenting. We talked about these things and how God has designed them uh, to be. And um, I, I just felt, and I know, and you guys have to already forgive me, because I know that I told you that today we'd be talking about sex. Um, I mean, I had a song lined up and everything. I mean, it would have been perfect for it. Um, let's talk about. Uh, oh, oh, you. Oh, I mean, yes. Yeah, so we had a good hymn and everything. No, no. But I, I, as I was preparing, I even Shannon and I were talking about this on Monday. Just, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel led to it. And I, and I, and I reached out to the elders and said, "Hey, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling led to talk about sex this week." I, I think that. Um, <clears throat> the, the it's, not, it's not that it's not an important topic and a, an important subject. It, it totally is. Uh, and I think that, And I have talked about that in the past. But I, I think that, that as, as I was being led this week, I, I was being led in a different way and how to end the series. And I, I believe that what, what, what we're going to do today is we're going to end the series about looking at all of what God's designs are. And, and, and primarily the, the love, the marriage, the money, and the parenting. And how, yes, God designed it, uh, uh, those things to be done, and He intended them for a purpose. Uh, but we're going to look at even a greater purpose, per se. We're going to look at, at God's design for His people. So it's going to be kind of an overarching uh, theme, but what I want us to do is I want us to, I want to explain to you just that, and how that God... So let's take, for instance, God's design for love. Now, and, and by the way, if you, if you missed any one of, of, of these messages, I, I would, I mean, not just because I preached them, but I, I learned a lot through this and um, communicating to you. So if you've missed one of those, I definitely would, would uh, take some time and uh, download them. They're on SoundCloud. Uh, if you have iTunes, they're on iTunes as well. Uh, so download the podcast, listen to these, because I think it's important to, to it'll help even further. Um, if you haven't listened to him and you missed a, a week or something, it's not like you're going to be out in left field today uh, and not know. But I think that, that as you, as we look at this whole series together, I think that you're going to see what God is really doing, what he has designed for, for you and for me and for all of us. So uh, if we're looking at things like love... Uh, you know, God's design for love, we talked about this. We talked about how, how what it is that God's design for love is better. Now, when we talked about God's design for love, uh, it, it wasn't about how you, uh, how you can love better. We talked about God's design for, for love is how God's love is better. Now, when we talked about marriage, it wasn't about having a better marriage. But what we did talk about is that God's design for marriage communicates a bigger picture. Now, then if we go from marriage and we went into money, money, when we talked about money, it wasn't about having more or less money. We talked about how God's design for money was all about kingdom advancement. And then last week when we talked about parenting, uh, this was one that I thought that, that really hit me personally, um, that I need to do more, because uh, we talked about how God's design for parenting, it, it involves responsibility discipleship. But as we look at that, it, it, it really wasn't even that God's design for parenting is, is about you being a better parent. Now, will those things happen? Yeah, they They, they will. They, 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 they will the, the, will understand that as we, um, we, we learn and as we grow in, in different areas, as we learn God's design, that, that things will change. But the intended purpose of, of, of all of that really comes down to the, 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 the culmination, the ultimate culmination of, of all of these different things to really display something. And that, that God's about God's people and about the design for God's people. And what I want us to to understand and what I want to communicate today is one big idea. And the big idea is this, that God designed His people to be different. Let that sit for a second. Excuse me. God designed His people to be different. Now, when we're talking about different, that's not you can be different in your own liking. We, we live in, in a society today that, well, I could be whoever I want to be, and, you know, I may be different, and okay, that's okay. And, and if, you, if you hear me say that God's people were designed to be different, you're, you're going to get that affirmation, or you're going to hear this, well, I can do whatever I want, and God's going to accept it. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what God ta- communicates to us. It's not different in your own liking. It's different according to His way of doing things. Because if we, we, we look at, at the, the, uh, the, the life in which we live, God knows that we live in a, corrupted, uh, a world corrupted by sin. I mean, it, 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 that is no new news. Uh, it, it, and it's not fake news either, right? You, you can understand that we live in a world that is, is corrupted by sin. What we have to understand is God knows that. It's corrupted by sin, evil, wickedness, greed, pain, whatever you want. To, however, you want to talk about the manifestations of this sin, God knows that. But even though that God knows, and think about this, even though that God knows that we live in a world corrupted by sin, He still requires us not to be like the world around us. So, and that that is something where we have to start to to to, to get our minds to think a little bit different. Because too many Christians, what they do is they look more like the world around them versus looking like the Savior that saved them. And and, and I know that that is is something like, well, we're supposed to be in the world. And yes, you're, you're absolutely right. We need to be in the world. We need to be doing things for kingdom advancement. But we need to be in the world, but not of the world. We need to be in the world, but we don't have to look like the world. Well, how are we supposed to reach people? You need to be in the world. I mean, we're doing an, an event today, helping out with an event at the, the local school. Uh, that, I mean, if you're not doing anything from 1 to 5, come out and it's going to be fun. Uh, rain or shine, whatever it is, we'll have fun. But understand that we need to be in the world. We're, we're going out into the world to do this. Uh, now, do we have to look like them? Do we have to act like them? Some people say, well, when in Rome, do we like the Romans, right? No, that's, that's really not in the Bible uh, there, there, there are some that say, well, that's in the Bible. Well, yeah, it's right there next to uh, godliness is next to cleanse, cleanliness, right? Cleanliness next to godliness, right? Is that in there? Where's that at? It might be in the book of Second Opinions, right? <laughs> right. It, 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 it may be, it, it may be, um, but it, there's no book at Second Opinions. It's in the book of Hezekiah. Um, there's no book of that either. Just, just saying, okay, but but understand that what we what we need to do is we do need to be in the world. We don't need to be of the world. But what we have, what we what I believe is that we have an easy time hearing uh, what Christ's followers are supposed to do. And this is where I really want to press today. I think we have a, a, an easy time of hearing what Christ followers. And notice, I'm not just saying Christians. I'm, I'm saying Christ followers because I, I think that we live in a world where that that term Christian. Has been taken and just brought down so low that the the bar has been lowered and everybody can get in. Well, yes, everybody can get in. God does save. His grace is is, is for, His mercy, His love is for everyone, but there is a standard in which that God holds. Understand that. Hey, Shorelin, can you do me a favor and not click that pen? What's that? Okay, well, just don't don't do that because it's 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 annoying me. Thank you. <laughs> um, keep writing, keep writing, though. Uh, he's he's taking good notes. Um, but but understand that it, it, we have a lot. Of, we have an easy time, I believe, hearing what to do. But then when it comes to doing it, we get surrounded by the 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 the, the, the people in our lives. We get surrounded by just situations, and we we're, we're thinking, oh man, this is so hard. I can't do this. And we give into that pressure of just being like the world. God's people are, are designed to be different. Now, when I'm talking about God's people, I'm talking all the way back, into the talk, first starting with the children of Israel. He designed the children of Israel. He, he told them to be different. He gave them a law in which to be different, a way in which to live to be different from all, all, all others. Now, that transfers over to the church now. In this age, this age of grace in which we live in right now, this is the church. This is us. We are called. We, we have been grafted into the vine. I mean, whole sermon in and of itself, we've been grafted into the vine, and we are now uh, the, the God's people. And as we're going to see here, he, he, there's, a, there's a specific purpose uh, for us. So when, when we talk about Christ followers, when we talk about this, this, this fact that God's called us to something, I, I, I made this statement, I, I wrote this statement down, that we have, to, uh, we have to accept the fact that Christ followers, or and if you want to say Christianity, okay, in the real sense, that Christ followers or Christianity is not cool. Just understand that and believe that. It's not cool. It wasn't intended to be cool. It's not intended to be comfortable. It's not intended to be convenient. It's never claimed that. But I think what we try to do is we try to make, hey, we got a cool church. No, we don't have a cool church because we didn't even got a cool pastor. Right? Amen. Preach it. <laughs> But, but understand, what we want to be noticed, noted, noted for and identified by is we're faithful and we're pursuing. I would love to have that title. Like, that is a church that pursues. Like, they're pursuing after Christ. They're Christ followers. To follow someone, you have to pursue after them, right? And we're going to see a little more as, we, as I spit all over everything. But as we proceed in all of this. So, Christianity, Christ followers as described by the Bible, It's hard. It, 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 no, no doubt about it it's hard it's uncomfortable it's inconvenient and here's he, he this it's just not sexy it, it's not and, and i don't think that, that, that god in, in, in intended it in any way to be any of that god did not intend to, to, to follow after him it's to be the easiest thing in the world if it was easy everybody would be doing it right If it'd be easy, then you'd just be home laying in bed right now. I ain't got to go to church, you know. God understands, you know. His grace is enough. Well, yes, His grace is enough, but it doesn't nullify His commandments. He He has a way for us. So, um, as you are already there and you're anticipating where we're going in First Peter, First Peter uh, chapter one. Now, my plan is to read a whole big chunk of scripture and then explain a, a portion of it, but we'll we'll see how this rolls. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 1. And granted, here's the deal. I'm, I'm not going to be able to explain everything. And we know this, that I can't explain everything in here or you would miss the Browns game. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's tomorrow night. So just, just hear, hear me out and understand that we want to get to the point which I want to make is God's design for His people is to be different. All right? So... First Peter, chapter one. Verse one, it says, "Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ." This, this identifies who, who's, who's uh, uh, talking here. Uh, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, uh, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with His blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So I, I wanted to start there because I think that a lot of times people can say, well, the Bible's not really talking to me. No, very clearly what 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 Peter is talk, who who Peter is talking to is he's talking to these Christians who've been dispersed throughout the world. Are we dispersed throughout the world? Yes, okay. So uh, we can we can glean from this. Is he writing directly to us? No, he's not writing to Lee. He's not writing to Bobby. He's not writing to Life Point Church. But what we could do is we can look into the, the, this 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 letter. And we can see that he's writing to churches like ours. And we can learn the lesson from that. It says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Kept in heaven for you. Who by God's power being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We can go on and on. We're going to talk about that in one second. But it goes on. It says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, Concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or what time the Christ or the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when He predicted the sufferings of, of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were not, or they were serving not themselves, but you. And I love that because when you read through the Old Testament, you can like, man, this doesn't have to apply. Yes, they're not serving themselves, but they're serving the church. You're the part of the church. And these things that now have been announced to you uh, through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. Let's stop there for a second because I think I want to just unpack just a little bit here. <coughs> um. I, 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 as I was putting this all together, and as I was thinking about everything you know I just said and everything, I, I thought about this thought, like, if, if Christianity, or if Christ, following Christ, as described in the Bible, is as unpleasant as it is communicated, because in the Bible it talks about their people were, were put to death, uh, their, their, their homes were, were taken, they were, they were persecuted. Uh, this is what Peter's writing to people that have seen or, or even experienced some of this. If that was the, the the you know if that is what Christianity is if that is what it means to, to follow Christ why in the world would anybody want to do that today? That was, that was a thought. So this is this is what your pastor thought. Like, why would anybody want to do that? Why would anybody want to put themselves in a position knowing that it's going to be uncomfortable? Because America, America, right, America. Now, it has told us that, oh, it's all about, you know, you deserve this and, and you're entitled to this and, and you should have comfort and security. And now, now, are any one of those things in and of themselves bad? No, those are not, they're not bad. But but that is not what Christianity ha- in, in in the Bible and following Christ. That is not what, the, what is promised. And Jesus says it himself, like they they persecuted me, they spit at me. Why would you think you're any better than me? I mean, th- that's a loose translation of what 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 it said. That's my translation of it, but that's what he's saying. Like, you're not the the, the the one who follows is not better than the one who's leading, and that's what Jesus is saying. He he says like, you're you're going to endure some hard times. Some in here right now, you're thinking, yeah, I'm in that hard time right now. Well, if it's for the name of Christ, I mean, praise God. I I, I don't even know how else to to. It, it, it may be whatever. I don't know. You you can insert something in just whatever situation you're in. If it's for the, the, the for the, the purpose of the kingdom to grow and the gospel to be proclaimed, I mean. So I went to I went to a conference on Thursday, and there was a guy, uh, a pastor. He, he's over um, in uh, the LeBre area. Um, and I, I was talking to him older 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 gentleman has been in ministry 37 plus years whatever and i was talking to him and uh he's a two-time cancer survivor and, and i and I, I i was talking to him and i was asking him you know, about the whole thing and uh, just really getting to to, to, to see the, the humbleness in which he had well i didn't know at the time this was at lunchtime after lunch he was on one of the panels. For the the discussion at the at the conference, and he was asked that, the question like, "You you being a cancer survivor and a pastor and one being faithful to God and just listening to His calling, you know, and, and this happens to you, what, what 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 are your thoughts? What what, what went through your mind while you were, you know, going through that?" And he says that that's one of the best things that ever happened to him. And I, I tell like, "What?" He's like, "You know, it, it, me getting cancer." And I'm not saying that that. that This is for everybody, but he's talking about his story. His story was him getting cancer and and God um, humbling him but supplying all of his needs during this time. He was able to to see even clearly the God in whom he serves. And and when you think about it, I mean, we can think like that, you know, cancer sucks. Yeah, it, it does. And he even said that it sucked. It was a terrible time, but what God did during that time—that He allowed that to happen and the growth in which happened through my my walk with Him—I I don't think that I could ever do it without having experienced that. Now, again, we, we would look at that and be like, "Man, I, that's not me. I don't want God. Don't don't give that to me." Well, well it's not for everybody, but I, I think that it's understanding that there are going to be other different trials and tribulations. That's so what Peter says here, various trials, whatever those, those trials may be. Now, th- those are going to happen. That's not, and this is the beautiful part, this is what I love, that's not a church, church growth strategy. Like, I'm supposed to be up here and say, hey, it's all going to be good, and you just love Jesus, and everything's going to happen. What, I mean, you're going to have kittens and puppy dogs and you know, butterflies and whatever. It, it's just like, maybe not the kittens. It's a stretch there. Um, but everything's going to be, no, it's, it's not you're gonna have hard times you're gonna have trials you're gonna have tribulations you're gonna have things that are going to be like why in the world but you have to understand that you're not going through those alone and that's that, that that's what, what what the beautiful part about this whole thing is is that, that, that yes we're gonna face these imagine fa- just just think about that brother sister whoever you in here that you, you have a, a relationship with christ Imagine facing something in your life, a big trial that you have faced. Imagine facing that alone. Well, I did face it alone. No, 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 no. If you're a a child of God, you did not face that alone. Maybe you were you were ignorant in the fact that you you thought you were alone through it, but knowing that you were not alone through it, could you imagine how bad the, the outcome, how worse it could be if you were not? If you were not a child of God? Because, and, and contrary to popular beliefs, well, everybody's a child of God. No, they're not. No, they're not. The Bible says that you have to become a child of God. Now, I don't say that so we wave this banner like, ha, 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 we're better than you. No, 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 no. I'm saying that, that, that Jesus, what, what, what Jesus says and what John records in, in John 3 you know, that God loved the world, all of the world, and he sent his son. You know, so, so it's all. He, he loves all, but not all love him. And I think it's important as we read stuff like this and as we're going through these times and we're looking at well, what's God's design for me then, is we keep in mind, keep in mind that God has a design. The question, the question is, are you willing to follow His design? That's the major question. Are you willing to follow His design? At the end of the day, we can, you can come, we can come, I can come to church every Sunday. And we can sit here and we can listen and we can take notes and we can... But at the end of the day, if we just close our Bibles and then we walk out of here, you're not willing to, 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 to be conformed to His image, transformed into His image, follow His design. I believe, I mean, and come on now, I'm not naive in this. I believe this with my heart. that I believe that the majority of people in here really, truly want to be that following Christ, and want to grow in your relationship. Growth takes work, people. It takes a lot of work. I mean, just in the five, I told you at the beginning, the, the, the five of us elders and everything, you know, you don't understand how much time, effort, pain, and sweat, and, and there may be a little bit of blood some people punching the wall because they're angry. It Maybe, it may I don't know. I do know. But there's a lot of time, sweat, tears, and I mean, but... You know, it, 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 it took effort. Any one of these guys will tell you, that, that growth it's together took effort. Imagine the growth to have with our, our Father in Heaven. It takes your participation. Now, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I, I want the Spirit to convict your heart, saying, i got to do something. He's done for me. What am I doing? Let, let, let's go on, because if not, we'll be here all day, and you might miss a Steelers game. They're going to win anyways, so... <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. It just is what it is. I'm positive, I, I, I'm positive that they're going to lose. <laughs> I'm betting on the Browns tomorrow. Anyways, um, let, let, let's look at this. So in, in that text in which I read there in 1 Peter uh, the, or 3-12, through 12, um, what we have to look at and what I want us to, to, to look at is the, the fact that the reward outweighs the risk. Why be a Christ follower? Why do this? Well, because the reward outweighs the risk what is the reward the salvation it's god's salvation for the salvation it's the the saving act that we are being saved from an eternity separated from him but we're not being saved from hell we're being saved to a relationship with him And, and and that's the reward so the reward it outweighs the risk what's the risk that's the various trials Your reward, The reward of being a Christ follower outweighs whatever the risks that are involved. And we have to to believe that. But not only believe that, we've got to trust that. We've got to trust what it is that God says. We do have to stand on the promises of God. I love that old hymn, Standing on the Promises of God. I like Alan Jackson's version of it the best, so if you ever want to listen to that. Anywho, but if we're standing on the promises of God, we can stand on those promises because... They are from God. And understanding that no matter what risk, no matter what trial that is in our way, the reward outweighs that risk. Let's go on, uh, verse 13. It says, therefore, preparing your minds, because this is going to give us our, our, our next fill in here, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Don't get, don't get like mixed up on what's being said here. It's saying when, when Christ's second coming, His return is, is imminent. When He comes back, that's what revelation, being revealed. As obedient children, and I love that, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Such it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on Him as Father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. I love how he's talking here. He's like, if you're going to claim to be a Christian, if you're going to claim, he says that, if you call on him as Father, so if you're claiming, Christian, you're claiming to be a Christ follower here, he says that there is a way in which we need to act. Now, this isn't legalism. Please don't hear this. This is not legalism. This is not communicating. Do this and don't do that. What this is communicating is, who's your daddy? Think about it. I had this this talk with my son quite often. And it's like, dude, you don't understand this, but you display your father, meaning me. And and, and I had that conversation like, Think about that as a Christian. If you're acting that way as a Christian, you're displaying your heavenly Father. So understand, and that's what he's saying, if you're you're going to claim to be a Christ Father, there's a conduct for that. Uh, Verse uh, 20. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Love that. Uh, (laughs) Because sometimes like, well, it's not for me. No, 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 no. This is why he was made manifest. This is why he put on a, 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 a meat suit and came and dwelt among us. Let that hit you for a second. God put on a meat suit. Incarnation, put in, that means God with meat. So that's what, that's what meat, like chili with meat? Chili? It's almost chili season, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so God put on that meat suit. Why? For you, who through him are believers in God who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. So th- this is our, our, our second uh, um, uh, fill-in here. Our, our, my point that I want to make here is that re- the responsibility. The responsibility surpasses the ridicule. Well, what's the responsibility? He says, preparing your minds. Then he says, be holy. That's that action. That's that responsibility. You have to do something. Don't ever, 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 ever think that you come into church and then you get your Jesus and you leave and that's your something in which you do. When you come in, when we gather, that doesn't mean we shouldn't gather. That means we should gather because we need to learn more. We need to learn more about what to do. We need to learn more about how to, what it says, Jesus' last words before he goes up into to heaven, Well, his last words is that, that to make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. When we come in here, we're learning how to observe all that Christ has commanded, that observation and then that demonstration that takes place. So yeah, we need to be here. We need to be learning. Well, I can sit at home and watch uh, David Jeremiah or Charles Stanley on TV. Great, great teachers. I'm not going not gonna to knock them at all. I, I, I think they're great teachers. But you, they're, they're, you're missing the element of coming and, and communing with one another. Think about it like this. If you have a family member who lives far away and you Skype with them, Right? Everybody knows of Skype or us more evolved people. We FaceTime with them. I'm joking. That's an Apple thing. Either way, you, you, you electronically talk to them through a screen. Yeah, you can have some interaction, right? But it's it, 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 do, you, do you want to, your, your relationship to be continually through this screen? Or do you want to, it, it, do you want to experience the, 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 the presence of them and actually going and seeing them or them coming and seeing you? There's a big difference, right? Oh, I can interact with them through the screen. Yeah, but the screen can only go so far. I, I look at that as when we, when we look at sources outside the church, whether they're podcasts or whatever, great. Use those. Those are screens. But you can't miss the, 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 the interaction, the communing with God's people. You're missing out. So, understanding that, 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 that as we look at this and that preparing your minds is being holy, this is the time in which we learn how that happens. Now, what, what do you mean the, the, the responsibility surpasses the ridicule? The ridicule. People are going to talk about you. I mean, it's just people, are, 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 people suck too, people are terrible but they're also awesome. But understanding that people are going to say stuff. When you're living your life for Christ, they're going to say stuff. More than likely, it's probably going to be your own family that starts. It's going to be those who are the closest to you. I always say this, it's not the magnitude of the offense, it's the proximity of the offender. Meaning it doesn't matter, somebody that's far away from me can do something big, and maybe it'll affect me a little bit, but then somebody close to me can say, do something small, and it's going to have a bigger impact on me. Understanding that ridicule is going to happen, but the responsibility surpasses that. God says to be holy as I am holy. He says prepare your mind. Note this, if God tells us to do something, He equips us to do it. He gives you the ability to do it. Let that sink in for a second. Be holy as I am holy. What is God saying? Be holy. Are we, are we, do you guys get that? Do I need to break that down? Break it down. God says be holy. So if God says be holy, what, what does that mean? Be holy. I can't do that. No, you can't. You can't do it on your own. But you can do it with power, by the power of the Spirit. Right? Right? If God commands you to do something, if God commanded Marty to turn around and shut up, he'd give him the ability to do it. (laughs) You can do it, right? No, no, no. (laughs) Bobby says you can't do it on your own. (laughs) No, but understanding that, and these are, I mean, these are these small things that have huge impact that I think that we miss. If God commands something, He doesn't command you to do something that, that cannot be done. If He commands you to do something, if we read through Scripture and He says, this is what I want you to do. If these imperatives come forth like, this is what I want you to do. He gives you the ability to do that. And I think that that's where we've we really got to grab onto that. As you're reading through Scripture, because I know everybody's in a Bible reading plan here. If you're not, you need to be. Big or small, it doesn't matter. But as you're reading through Scripture, and you read through God, these things that God says to do, in a couple of weeks we're going to talk about the alelons, the one-anothers of Scripture. Love one another. Let's just say that. If God says to love one another, He gives you the ability to do it. Yeah, but you don't know Bobby. <laughs> well, I know, but God gives me the ability to do it. But you don't know. It, it doesn't matter. I think that we have too many buts. And some butts are bigger than others, but we can't let that trump what God says. If He says to do it, He gives us the the, the ability to to do that. So, the responsibility surpasses the ridicule. Um, The the next one, look at verse uh, 22. Verse 22 says, Having purified yourselves by uh, your obedience to the truth. You you notice it says purify yourselves. There's this, this action here. He's saying that you have, you have to participate in here. When, I guess maybe in the future what we'll talk about is synergy. It's, it's the Holy Spirit inside of us and us working together to do this. So having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love, love one another. Just said that, right? Love one another earnestly. <laughs> that's, that's Something like, man, can I just love them? I don't want to love them earnestly. That seems like work. Love, him, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. That even compounds the, the difficulty there. But remember, if God says it, you can do it. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So it gives us a source and understanding of where that, this all comes from, what we can do. For all flesh is like grass, and all all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass wither and the flower fails, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Love that. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So, and I I don't like that how the ESV makes that, or I shouldn't even say it's the ESV, how our uh, long, long time ago, how they they split this chapter up, because I think this is still the same thought here. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now I look at that, that portion there and there's so much that, we, that can be unpacked there but as we're looking at this and we're answering this question of like, why would anybody want to be a Christian? I believe this is communicated here. The purpose dwarfs the preference. What do you mean The purpose dwarfs the preference? The purpose is the purifying of your souls. The purpose which God has for you. Remember, the big idea here is that God's design for His people is for them to be different, right? God designed His people to be different. This purpose dwarfs a preference, purpose of purifying your your, your souls. It says having purified your souls. And then it goes on, it gives us a little bit of not only how that happens, by the Word of God, the Spirit of God, working through the Word of God, not only how that happens, it gives a little bit of, of insight of what is involved in there. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. I know none of you in here have ever done any of those. You're liars, though. They should say liars there, too. (laughs) Understanding, though, that that is is, by our nature inside that we need to to purify. What what does that mean, to purify? I love how uh, the Apostle John talks um, that it, it needs to be purged out of us. We understand that this purifying... What do you mean by being purged out? We need to to die to ourselves and let God be more God inside of us. Not that we have any less of of the Holy Spirit inside of us. We need to let the Holy Spirit have more of us. So that the the, the evilness, the envy, the the slander, the deceit, the addictions, whatever, you, you add that in there, can be purged out by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit of God that that you can overcome whatever that is. Because remember, you're not alone. And it says, the per- I wrote down that the purpose dwarfs the preference. What's the preference? The preference is, I want to do what I want to do. No one in here has ever said that, right? I have, I mean, I've told God that. Like, God, this is what I want to do. He's like, I got better plans for you. We need to purge that out. That's why I love Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. You guys have heard me talk about that. That delighting in the Lord. That's that, I just, I'm, filled with what, I'm filled with what God wants me to do. And it's just He gives me the desires. Uh, so he, here, here's a new desire that I believe that God has laid on my heart. So I'll let everybody in on this right now. Some of you already know. Uh, a, a huge desire I believe that God's laid on my heart is to turn the 8,000 square feet of uh, gymnasium in which we have right now into a place where the community can come and do stuff. It needs renovated. Now I'm not saying, "Hey, everybody, get out there checkbooks and let's go. It, whatever. If God leads you, God leads you. but hey, maybe you have a, a, a rich uncle uh, or aunt or something. I don't know. Uh, no, but, but I think that that, that desire that, that God has laid on my heart for that, that has come through man, just pur- pursuing him and delighting in him. And, and well, wait a second, that doesn't sound like very godly. I, I, hey, I'm not saying that every desire that comes from delighting in Him is going to involve a scripture. But what I am saying is going to involve His kingdom. And, and why not? I mean, why not take a, a space that we're not using at this present moment. Why not take it and, and instead of have it see, going out into the community, when not we have the community come into us and then take, take that and, 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 and make that our mission field? Be praying about that. I mean, honestly, be praying about that. How, how can you be involved in that? How, and ask God to make, put something on your heart. Not you come up with a, an idea. I don't want anybody's idea. I don't want anybody's opinion, honestly. I, and I, I mean, maybe I should apologize for that, but I, I don't, because I don't want your opinion. I want the desire in which God has put on your heart. Everybody has an opinion. Here's the deal: if you ever want to come up to me and say, "I think that we should do what in whatever it may be," what, what, what if? What if you take, there There's a guy, there's a pastor um, in, in Akron that, that does this as, as a, a, a um, like a practice, uh, and uh, he 's one of our, our, our black brothers I don 't know if they call him bishop or whatever it is, but if somebody has an idea or, or a, an opinion or he, he says, "Go pray on it for three days, fast on it for three days, and then come and see me." Because if you, if you don't, then it 's just probably just <laughs> what you want that 's going to be your preference. I don't want preferences. So pl- please, please hear me. It's not that I don't want to pastor you. I do. But I want to pastor you in the way in which God has intended and designed you to be. We live in an opinionated world. Everybody's got a thought. Everybody's got an opinion. I'm not saying that I don't value that. Again, this isn't church growth strategy. I'm not saying I don't value that. What I want to do is I want you to look in and say, is this, is this me or is this God? Just take that step. That's all, that's all I'm asking. And then we'll talk. Anywho, let's go on to the last one. Oh, wow, I'm, I'm over time. I'm not, this last one was really where I wanted to get. Yep. <clears throat> Sorry, Browns game's on hold. Uh, verse uh, 4, 4-10 through ten here. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, Is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builder rejected, the builders rejected, has become the cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word. I love that. Who who, who are they talking about? This this cornerstone. Jesus. There you go. Um, they, they, as they were destined to do. Verse 9, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I, I love this because and you know, maybe we have to to do a different, another day to, to really unpack all of this. But I, I, I look at this, and, and I, I see even in verse 4, it says, as you come to Him. So, so, so remember, we, we talked about the, the reward, we talked about the responsibility, we talked about this purpose, but it says, as you come to Him, there is that action that has to take place. You have to, as a believer in Christ, you cannot say, oh, i got Jesus, He's tagging along behind. No, as you come to Him, as you are constantly pursuing Christ, that, that, that as you come, it, it's that idea of, of coming near. It's coming, it is approaching someone. It's coming into closer proximity to someone. As we look at this, the saying as that all happens, and he talks about this stone, he talks about his people here, Verse 9, this is, this is really the, 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 the main focus of, of all of this. Because in verse 9, what we see is that the design overcomes the darkness. God's design for His people to be different is to not live in the darkness, but to live in the light. I, I, I think it's important as we, as we look at a, a lot of this that we understand that God's design doesn't involve shadows. Shadows. Too many times Christians, they, they live in the shadows. It doesn't involve shadows. Get out of the shadows. Get into the light. That's where he, he, he has, he has, he has uh, I love how, how Paul says it, he has transferred us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his Son. From the dark to the light. So this design is the design for his people. And, and don't miss this. It says a chosen race, a holy priesthood, a holy nation. I love those. And those, are, those all have significance. But what really just draws me into this specific text here, it says that, that, that I, that you, are a people for what? His own possession. I think about what is it the, seagull, the seagulls in Finding Nemo. You remember that movie? It's been a long time since I've seen it. Remember the seagulls in there? They, what were they always saying? mine, 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 mine. I think of God looking down and saying, mine, 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 mine. Think about that. Think about when God looks down to you as a child of His, the creator of the universe, the one who designed everything, looks down and says, Lee, mine. I would be looking up and say, really? But you know what I did? You know everything. You know what I'm going to do. Mine. Just, just let that, that, that hit because I, I think that that's where, if we, if we look back to how am I supposed to love? How am I supposed to, to, to you know, do my finances with money? How's my marriage supposed to be? How am I supposed to parent? All of that really doesn't mean anything if we don't understand that God says, Mine. He looks at you and says, You're my possession. Now when he says that, it goes on to say, the reason that you're my possession is that you may claim the excellencies of Him. God says mine. He tells me. He tells you. God says mine. And so that I can live differently. Not we- I'm not saying be weird. God's not saying be weird. He's saying live differently. You're mine so you can show everybody else how good I am. That's what I love because I know how bad I am. Too many times I keep that, that inside and say, "Whoo, thank you Jesus. But I don't, I don't express to people, you know what? And it's not that I, that I brag about where I've been. I, but I know where I've been. And I know what God has done inside of me. And because He says that, he, that, that I am His and I am His possession, I want to do that, what, it, what it says there, be holy. I want to do that. Do I always do it? No, I I fall short sometimes. Are there things I need to work on? You better think and believe it. But I pursue that. Because why? Because I'm His. And if I'm His, I want to display Him well. And I think that's that that, that big... Remember what I said? that We were laughing and joking, which is awesome. And we are filled with that joy at the beginning. Now it's kind of like this weight... Don't let this weight of showing His excellencies just weigh you down. Use it as, as what it is intended to be. As equipment to, be, to live a joyful life. Yeah, I'm supposed to show His excellencies and I'm going to be joyous in everything I do. I'm going to show that, hey, I am a child of the King. I'm not going to go around and say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Yeah, if you have to tell people that, remember... That's a problem if you have to convince someone that you're a Christian. We talked about that last week with the whole parenting thing. Your kids are going to see if you're a hypocrite or not. If you're coming to the church say, hey, brother, how's it going? And loving on everybody. Oh, I love my kids. And you're going home and you're cussing them out. No, that's a hypocrite. And people will see that. Your kids will see that. People write, don't, don't don't do that. Understand that you are chosen by God for a purpose. And that purpose is to glorify His name in every single thing in which you do. Let's pray. God, I, uh, I thank you. Um, God, I, I thank you for everyone sitting here. Lord, as uh, just... Going through what it is that you, you've laid on my heart and, and what it is that I think that we need as a church, God, it, it's just revealing more and more and more what you have planned for us. You've planned for this church to be a church that, that it is just pursuing you and all we do. Do we have hiccups and mess-ups? Yeah, yeah, we do. We're involved. But God, let it not. Be something that, that, that keeps us from pursuing you. Let us pursue you with everything we have. Let us not take and, and, and uh, try to compartmentalize our lives. Let us understand that you are to be Lord over all of our life. And then we can, we can be joyous in that because you got the wheel. So Father, we thank You, Lord, as we are getting ready to partake of the elements. uh, We ask that that You just um, bless those who are uh, going to partake. I mean, yeah, bless the elements, but it's bread and it's juice. It's just symbolic. But God, bless the action of breaking the bread and taking of the cup, remembering, Jesus, Your broken body and Your shed blood. We pray this in Your name. Amen. Let's stand.